This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Welcome back to the bar. Miss Jane here, always so grateful to have your company. And I hope that wherever, whenever you are listening to this, that you're doing well. And if you're not having such a great day, I hope that I can send you a virtual hug. <laughs> Um, because not all days are diamonds, are they? But my hope is that today is, is a pretty good day for you. Today's podcast is about getting on board and it's brought to you by my October group training session, which is held next Tuesday, the 25th of October at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. During our time together, we're going to be talking about the different components that make a really good onboarding system. That is what happens next once you hire somebody and you can book your ticket or reserve your seat if you follow the link through my Instagram at Dance Studio Success and uh, just click on the link there. Um, if you're a part of my mailing list, I will just send that straight into your inbox or there will also be the link in my free Facebook group, The Collective for Dance Studio Owners. Let this be an invitation to you. If you're not part of that group, we'd love to welcome you. Um, you do need to answer the entry questions at the beginning and then come on in, make yourself at home, have a look around. You'll find that we're pretty awesome and fun um, and mostly supportive of each other. That's that's why we exist as a group. Now on to today's topic. So get on board. Um, today I'll be talking to you about the why. Why do we need to add this one more thing to our busy schedule and that is an onboarding system? You've probably um, heard about these before and it can exist for customers as well what happens once we've converted a customer you know a, a trial into a paying customer well what then and um the thing with getting staff on board is it is that the better you do it it's like an investment the the more seriously you approach it the better system you have the better you do it the less trouble you're going to have down the track. And people don't mean to do the wrong thing. It reminds me of that saying, when we know better, we do better. And it's really unfair 
if you're not setting your new team up for success. And there's a couple of funny stories that I'd like to share. One I shared at, um, in a keynote at Victorian Dance Festival many years ago now. I think it must be at least five. And it was of when I started at a Pilates studio and um, I had done some training there as well. So I'm a, a Pilates instructor. I'd done some training and then I got some hours as, as a teacher. And they had a certain, this is such a funny example because it's really not a massive problem, but they had a certain way of folding the towels. So even, you know, pre-COVID, we were very um, aware of not kind of sharing equipment between um, clients. And so each client, as they came in, would get a small hand towel off the shelf, put it on their reformer, put it on the trap table, take it around with them, yada, yada, yada. Um, and one afternoon we were a little bit quiet. There weren't huge amounts of clients. And so I just took initiative, which I always thought was a good thing. I took initiative and folded a whole bunch of towels. Like it took me probably 45 minutes. And then, and I thought, what a good little employee I am. Please like me. What a good little employee. Please pat me on the head. Tell me I'm good. <laughs> Anyway, next minute, so next shift, I came in and got told that I'd folded all the towels wrong. That's not the way we do it. Uh, I was like, well, I tried to make them look the same and I didn't realise it was that important. Uh, now, the thing is, if it was that important, it should have been shared with me as part of my onboarding. These are some of the jobs that you can do when we're not as busy with clients. You can go and fold the towels. This is how we do it. It would have stopped um, them having to have a conversation with me about um, you've done it wrong because that's a conversation not many people like. To be honest, that, that studio owner didn't have a problem with having those conversations. <laughs> um, however, lots of you do. I know that because you you talk to me about it. Um, and so for me, the onboarding, getting getting your new employee on board is a really proactive way of, of setting them up for success rather than having to address all of these little things as and when they happen. So if there are things in your studio that are non-negotiable, there are things that you have through trial and error, no doubt, found to work for your studio and there is an expectation for your team to follow them, then you must be kind and tell them what they are. I know it sounds really simple, but, um, and I'm not pointing the finger here because I've done this too, sometimes it can just be such a quick hire, you know, even though... Even though if you attended my September group training session about finding your dream team, my counsel is to hire slow. <laughs> um, but I know that that's not always practical and I've, I've been there. I've had to hire fast and then I've had to get them up and running fast. 
And these are the things that unless there is a system fall between the cracks, um, it might be even about where you want your staff to park their cars so that the car parks are left for your paying clients who are trying to manage babies and prams and toddlers. You know, you don't want all of your staff parked in those premium car parks, perhaps. It may be around what you want them to wear or how you would like them to even wear their hair. Uh, my daughter has a job at KFC, <laughs> mostly because she really likes eating KFC. Um, and they have an onboarding program, a really good one, actually. And there is no ambiguity for her as to how she should wear her hair, how many body piercings she's allowed. Is she allowed um, jewellery, those kind of things. And Brene Brown, yeah, we love her, says clear is kind. It's so obvious when she says it. We're like, yeah, but often we're not clear. And as a leader, I know I'm not as famous or even nearly as wise or as insightful <laughs> as Brene Brown, but I, me, Jane Gretch, I've always said, your job as a leader is to make things very black and white. There should be no grey areas in leadership. Your job as a leader is to make everything very black and white. There are no grey areas in leadership because that grey is very ambiguous. It's open to interpretation. It often will create conflicts that are unnecessary. It might um, create resentment because the rest of the team are doing things one way and this new person is doing them another way. But they don't know the correct way. And so clear is kind. Make everything very black and white if indeed you are black and white about them. Now, I know some studio owners are, are more relaxed than me. I tend to be a little on the highly strung side. Uh, it's just the way I was programmed. Um, however, what I can say is I've run a, a pretty high-performing business for 17 years. It's robust um, and it's done very well both in terms of financial success as well as just its standing in the community. And I believe it's because of my focus on being very black and white. I've always adopted the McDonald's approach. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe, like, that's two references to fast food now, and I'm recording at 8.30 a.m. in the morning, and I have had my breakfast, so I'm not really sure what. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I've always adopted the McDonald's approach, and that is um, very early on I had big goals. I don't know why. I had big goals to scale my business, and I did pretty quickly with and, and managing it from home. So something like eight branches, I always forget how many because there were so many, 900 students, a toddler and a newborn at home, managing it remotely. But I did that because I really... Um, embedded into my approach systems and training and consistency and that 
is the McDonald's approach. Theoretically, we go into any McDonald's, we receive the same product and the same service. Most of the time it is pretty consistent because it's pretty shitty, right? <laughs> um, you know how they've got those new, because uh, I, I, I do frequent the McDonald's drive through quite often because my children are schmucks. Um, anyway, you know, they've got those one things like these the FPOS machines on a big pole now. Like you don't, they don't even, they're just like you pull up and this thing gets shoved in, you like tap. And it's so delightful. Anyway, I digress. So let's talk about how to onboard a new staff member um, just at a very top level because if you want to get into the nitty-gritty, then please do come along um, next week for the training session. It's always a really good group that gather together. And if you can't get there live, that's okay. We'll still be friends. You can get the recording. And in some ways that's better because you can go back and forth. Um, although when you turn up live, you are allowed to ask questions at the end. Maybe do both. Why not have both? Anyway, um, systems. We've talked about systems a lot. You need a system for this because otherwise it won't happen. If you've got a new team member you've got them for a reason you've got a gap to fill you're busy all the time it doesn't matter what season we're in we're always busy and so if you can spend a day um aside and just map out your onboarding system or still mine next week then you've just got this checklist and you're ready to go the kind of things that you're going to need to be looking at are the actual paperwork so government requirements and and things like that so i'm talking about sending contracts we do that electronically and i can share how um so that people can sign electronically not just through email <laughs> like wow jane she sends an email <laughs> no, they can sign electronically um you need to include things like if you're in australia this is the fair work statement um, if you've employed them as a casual, there needs to be a inclusion about that um, through the government. So like all of those kind of boring things, obviously, you then need to get a little bit of training in place. If you've got a code of conduct, they need to read it and, and sign it. We actually moved our code of conduct to an online because um, reading things is very boring um and as many of you know i run dance step which is an on which is a dance student teacher education program um always a bit embarrassed when i throw that in i'm not throwing it in to like be an advert for myself what if no <laughs> and the reason i mentioned it is because i do a lot of work in online courses in space so for me that was quite easy but again i can show you how to just set up and online code of conduct with just you talking it through um I, I find that works really well we just send our new team members the link they watch it they do a few activities they send it back as a sign off child safe policies things like that and any other requirements you're working with children check your first aid those kind of things and then obviously if there are ways or things that you do that are unique to your studio programs that you run 
um, syllabus that you teach that you want them to teach, then you're going to need to do some more specific training around those kind of things. And particularly for us is how we run the studio. There is an expectation that every teacher will open and close the studio in a certain way. Um, closing the studio is just as important. We're a team. And for us, we, we want to make sure that whenever a team member walks into a studio, that they are not left feeling annoyed and cross at the person who was there before them. So that means, you know, everybody packs up after themselves, leaves things clean and tidy, empties the bin if it's the end of the night, the, the rubbish goes out in case there's, you know, somebody's leftover pizza or something in there that would, you know, would be an offensive smell the next morning for the next preschool teacher. So all of that is documented. But again, if we want people to do it, then we must train them in it. And so... Um, you know, part of our system is making available all of these resources. If you didn't want to do just a really simple online course, and there's lots of platforms, and I'll share those next week, um, you could also do a Google site, an intranet, and um, they're quite easy to set up, or you could get a virtual assistant to set those up for you. And we've got one that really has saved me a lot of time over the years, many, many years. The start of each year, I would be, you know, printing resources, um, and I'm burning CDs when that was still a thing. <laughs> um, at least I didn't say recording cassettes, but yeah, been there too. You know, burning CDs and, and sharing playlists and those kind of things. Um, whereas now it's all very streamlined for me because we've got all of our systems and syllabi um, that we use internally. So I have my own preschool program, for example. So it doesn't matter who comes in to teach. We all teach the same program. And so that program's loaded on our staff internet site and the music's there so they can download it, they can read it, and I don't have to do a thing. After I've set up the internet site, I don't have to do a thing. Um, so it's pretty cool. And um, obviously getting information from them and, and adding them to systems. You want, I've got another story. <laughs> so when I was 16, I got uh, a job at a gymnastics centre. I don't know, because they're not called studios, gyms. <laughs> a gymnastic gym. <laughs> Anyway, I got a job there teaching ballet to gymnasts and I was 16 and I was so excited because it was my first job teaching outside of my ballet studio where I had been doing some helping and just like teaching in the other studio, just some little classes and things. I was so excited. Anyway, I went there and... um. I don't think there was an interview. I don't remember there being an interview. I think they just were like, okay, yep, in you come. And I got kind of pushed into this office and I'm <laughs> just like laughing at how bizarre this situation is now that I'm reading it out loud or like saying it out loud. Um, and there was these desks and a computer, you know, this is like, I don't know, 2000s or something. I've got no idea how old I am or when it was. 
and there's this computer and a Word document was open and the guy was like, oh, hi, you're Jane. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yep. And just going, like, just doing your contract, you know, like your letter of offer. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so, but I've run out of time and I'm, I'm needed in the gym. And I was like, oh, okay. And he said, so you just sit down here. <laughs> you just sit down here and see where it says Sally. Just make that to your name. Like, right, Jane Owens, that's my maiden name. So instead of Sally, you know, whoever. And um, just change the dates, you know, wherever it says like term four, just make that term one in the year. And I was like, um, okay, I'll pop your address in where her, yeah, you know, just do what you can and then come over to the gym and find me. So I'm I'm sitting in this office, 16. I've driven myself there because, um, so I must have been 16 and a half because I do remember driving myself there. You could get your peas then. And I'm like, what the actual is going on here and people are coming in and out of the office like they do in studios and gyms and then looking at me sitting at this computer like and who are you and what are you doing like can you just imagine this situation in your studio you've just popped your new teacher in there and you've not introduced them to anybody else and you've not interviewed them and they've they and so your teachers are coming in and there's this random sitting at a computer like your boss's computer typing their contract. <laughs> anyway, so I finished doing that. And so that was so awkward because I was like, hi, I'm Jane. I'm just writing my own contract. And they're like, oh, hi. And there wasn't a culture of, oh, hi, I'm Lisa and nice to meet you. Like there was not that culture. No, no, no. Anyway, I finished doing that. I was like, well, I don't know what, I don't know where to go really. He said, come and find me. So I just you know, when you try to look like you know where you're going, but you've actually got no idea. So I did a bit of that and I found him and then he was like, oh, well, just hang around, get a feel for the centre, you know, the gym. Um, that's where you'll be teaching in that stinky room that smells like feet that has um, like that weird foam floor because obviously that's what gymnasts need. And I was like, oh, I'm going to teach ballet on like a bouncing castle. Fabulous um anyway so I did that for 20 minutes just felt like an idiot and then I was he's like oh so you can go and I'll give you a call and just confirm the times for next week well guess what I never went back <laughs> is that a shock to you props not um and then more recently I've started volunteering at a hospital and the induction or onboarding process for a volunteer as a whole as part of the volunteer organisation was pretty good. Um, you know, nice little PowerPoint, lots of newbies there together, that kind of thing. Got your certificate, was all printed, ready to go. It felt good, right? It felt good. Um, but then on the actual ward where it's up to the the um, director of it's up to the person who runs the board. <laughs> I think it's the maternity unit manager in my in my um, <laughs> example. But anyway, I don't know what they're called. Uh, it was up to them, not so flash hot. And again, I, I was reminded of this, this gym example because both times I felt stupid. I was embarrassed. 
Um, I didn't, you know, we all like, ask a question. There's no stupid question. Yet we all know there are stupid questions. So I was like, I don't know this, that, the other. Do I ask? Do I look like a dickhead? Yes, I do. Um, People didn't know who I was. There was no formal introduction, you know, just kind of thrown into the ward and the midwives are like, "Mm, hello, random again, random. And so it's about making people feel valued from the start because otherwise you're literally on the wrong foot. And I'm a pretty confident person, but obviously at 16 and a half, there were enough alarm bells going off in that scenario to go, no, this is not aligned with me. This is not, I I value being organised, even though sometimes I'm not so great at that. But I do value being organised and this this place is going to give me the shits. And more recently with the hospital, there were times that I was like, oh, I didn't really want to go back because I felt of the way it made me feel, like I just felt devalued and a bit like of a non-person, like a bit of a random, because there were no systems in place to ensure that people who are very busy, right, people who are very busy make time to welcome the new person, introduce the new person, show the new person what to do. And so there's no judgment there. They're busy. You're busy. But unless we've got a checklist to hang off then we're probably going to make people feel less than and they might be a great teacher but you'll never get them in the studio they'll they'll be like no I'm out and it's cost you a lot of money to get them at that point most of the time you know in terms of time and money to recruit someone properly it's expensive so you don't want them to just not (laughs) stay because their first 90 days have been awful and that's the first time I've mentioned that that period of time, 90 days, this is how long you want to um, ensure your onboarding system goes on. We're not doing something every day. Don't panic. We're not, oh, my goodness. But at the end of the first 90 days, that's when you grab that person for a coffee. If that's not possible, you give them a quick buzz and say, and, and say, you know, can we make a time for me to call you so it's not while they're at Coles? Um So I can just go through how you've been, if you've got any outstanding questions. So all of those little things. Um, Another thing is giving giving your new teacher a buddy, so to speak. We don't call them buddies because that does feel a little bit grade four, doesn't it? But um, say, you know, this is the other person that is teaching in the other studio at the same time. Um, You two will close the studio together. And feel free, you know, I've introduced them to you and they know that you might be asking them questions because quite often people will feel more comfortable asking a peer a question than their new boss because they don't want to look silly. And so by creating that as an opportunity, you're both here together. Um, I'm heading off now, so you'll be closing up together. And, you know, Lisa is more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Um, and if she can't, then she'll come to me and find out for you. So little, little things like that. Anyway, that's that's the end of my story time. I felt like I was just talking about my life then. Lucky you. <laughs> if you would like some more specific examples and to steal my system, which is um, fine. It's there to be stolen. 
then come on October the 25th, 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Once again, you can find the booking link in my Instagram bio in the collective for dance studio owners on Facebook or through my direct emails to you. You can join us live at that time. Our time zones are all over the shop at the moment. Um, I work with clients in Perth, Brisbane, Sydney, uh, New Zealand, and yeah, some are on daylight. So, oh my God, our times are all over the sh shop. So you just look up the time for you, 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you can't come live, then register anyway and you can get the recording. I'd love to see you there and share this with you so that we can set your teachers up for their most successful year. Because obviously when they're doing well, <laughs> your students are doing well, the studio is doing well. And uh, it's our job as leaders to really make sure that we're looking after our teachers. All right, thanks again for joining me. Until next time, I'll see you at the bar. Thanks for joining me at the bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders, and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at the bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 